We are coming at you live from JGI Studios. This is Bang the Book. I am the professor, joined by guest co-host Psycho Senny. This is week nine. We got a good show coming at you on this Thursday evening. Bang the book, brighter days. Psycho Senny, how are we? Oh man, uh, the professor. I am doing wonderful tonight. I'm I'm excited to be back on the podcast. Had a had a great time last time talking to you and and Kanto the Greek, even though he was uh, a little intoxicated. Uh, but they had a great time, and you know this is probably my favorite time of the year with you know baseball right around the corner, and we're in March Madness, and it was a beautiful spring day today, or it felt like a spring day, and I'm just I'm just I'm excited to be here and talk sports with you, man. No doubt, no doubt. That was that was a great show we had a few weeks ago when we brought on Conta the Greek live from Myrtle Beach, just spewing Bud Lights and Marlboro Lights all over the place. It was it was it was a good time, but it's it's good to have you back here. It's good to uh, have a week off from from Conta the Greek. That the the people loved your insight into into baseball, amongst other things, a few weeks ago. So let's get into it. Uh, one thing on the on the agenda in the sports world this week: Dak Dak Prescott, of course, signing that four year, one hundred and sixty million dollar deal. So let me ask you this, Sunny. Will Prescott ever win a Super Bowl? I, th- I think for short answer, I'm going to say no. Uh, reason, you know, many reasons, obviously. Uh, Dak seems like a, like a great guy, right? And um, he, I almost feel like it's a little bit of the Tony Aromo effect on, on Dak, where uh, I don't think they're like the same type player by any means. Obviously, you know, different skill set and everything. But, you know, both great guys. Both putting up, you know, gaudy stats, you know, most years when they're healthy. Um, but I think at some point, I don't know, Dak's not, you know, 35 years old or anything like that. But at some point, you got you got to win some games, you know. And I, I put a lot of, uh, uh, you know, I put a lot into those, you know, those postseason wins and things like that, you know. And, you know, the contract he got, I mean, I, I love when I see players, you know, more power to them when you get a big contract like that. Um, it's crazy amount of money. I think the nice thing for the Cowboys is how short it is. You know, it's not the super long term by any means, four years. Uh, so if it doesn't work out, obviously there's a lot of guaranteed money. Um, so I don't think it's a terrible deal. I just don't think, I just don't think he wins a Super Bowl there, and not in four years at least. I just don't see it. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you there. I don't, I don't see them winning. I don't see that the team around him being all that good. It seems like Zeke is. At the on the decline now, they the defense is is never there. It just doesn't seem like it's it's the it's the time or the place for Dak. So I'm going to go ahead and say no as well. I know Kanto the Greek has a bet in with Manoville regarding that, so we'll see how that plays out. But I'm I'm not very high on on Dak Prescott and the Cowboys winning it all in the next four years. Yeah, I mean. It, you know, you, you say Zeke's on the decline and that's, you know, that's, you know, you signed the, your quarterback now finally to this deal and your running back is potentially declining. Not a great situation, obviously. 
But I mean, you know, I, I, that's the same way I felt even, you know, even when Zeke was playing well and he had, uh, you know, Dak under center, um, you know, that's the same thing with Romo. Like the, the Cowboys have had talent around these guys. I mean, think about the, think about my team, the Jets. You know, we, we would give anything for a Zeke um, or a, 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 who's the wide receiver for the Cowboys. Um, you know, there's plenty of plenty of talent around Dak, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's I feel like maybe, you know, Zeke's on the decline. So maybe the good years are behind them. Maybe, you know, the chance of winning that Super Bowl is gone by now. Um, but as you know, as a as a Jets fan, I would take a lot of those pieces they put around. I mean, that's why that's why I'm surprised, right? Like that's what I don't understand. Why don't the Dak Prescotts and more, you know, the Tony Romos? How does Tony Romo only have one or two playoff victories with all that talent over the years? Is it a Dallas thing? Is it an owner thing? You know, I don't know. It maybe it can't be explained. You know. Well, let me ask you this: talking about the New York Football Jets, uh, are the Jets planning on? sticking with Sam Darnold or are they going to try and get a quarterback in the draft? What's the plan with the Jets? You never know what the plan with the Jets is, are, is because it's such a poorly ran organization. Um, I, I think I saw something today when I was just like flipping through the channels that was, you know, guessing that they're just going to stick with him. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a Darnold fan. I wasn't when they drafted him. Um, he looks like he's got a Lego head. Um <laughs> And he, he doesn't have the moxie. You know, it's such a, like a cliche thing to say about a quarterback, you know. But I watch a lot of the Jets game, or every, you know, most Jets games, and he doesn't, he doesn't inspire you with his play. Again, he's probably a really nice guy, but he doesn't, like, what, you know, so it's, it's frustrating as a Jets fan when you spend all this money on this young quarterback, he's the future, and he stinks for like three or four years. And then you see like these backups come in like out in San Diego, like five minutes before the game starts. And the guy's throwing for like 300, 400 yards. He's scrambling around, you know, missing tackles. You know, that's inspiring to watch. Or the guy that, you know, played for the Redskins, the guy that was like out of the league taking, you know, classes at ODU. And they're like, you can see that they kind of have that like it factor. And you just don't see that with Darnold. I just don't see it. You know, he's a good quarterback, but he's just like a his standard quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. I don't, I don't think that Darnold's going to take them anywhere anytime soon. Switching gears here, talk a little bit of baseball. The Texas Rangers, of course, they do things differently in Texas. They've announced that they may have a full house for their home opener in the first part of April. Other parks are looking at between 20 and 50% capacity this spring and summer. So, Psycho Senny, will you be attending any ball games this summer? Yeah. So, um, you know, until I looked at the docket tonight, I, you know, I, I didn't even hear that news about a full house for a home opener, which it almost seems unbelievable when you think about it, you know, with what everything's been going on over the past year. That's, I can't even imagine seeing a full house in a baseball stadium. And I guess – they're opening a new ballpark, I believe, in Texas. I think you're right. Yeah, because I think they got rid of the Arlington one last year or, you know, previous year. And I think, yeah, I think it's a new one anyways. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I plan to attend ball games. I mean, you know, me and you were talking off air. Uh, I mean, I'm back in school full time right now. Um, you know, I'm, so I'm teaching in inside a building. Um, I'm fully vaccinated with both shots. Well, I'm very thankful for, very lucky to have that. Um, and you know, baseball games are outside for the most part, you know, the closest stadium to me is, you know, your, 
your happy place, uh, Camden Yards. Not the closest, obviously, but the closest I would go probably watch a game, um, you know, hoping to see the Yanks or any type of AL East baseball. Um, so I, I definitely see myself getting out to the ballpark this summer. You know, I think it's about time. Um, we, you know, I followed I followed all the rules over the past year for the most part, and I think it's time to get this economy kick started under Sleepy Joe. So yeah, I, I I would agree. Hey, Joe killed it tonight, by the way. I, have, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. So nor did I. I just you know listening to some of the the commentary from our uh, right winger friends, they were mostly <laughs> congratulatory. But yeah, I mean, with with the couple points to, to to bring out there regarding baseball games. First off, I was watching a game last night. It was a 2013 game between the Red Sox and Orioles. It was the game where Chris Davis hit his 51st home run. It was at Fenway, which is a very intimate, small park to begin with. But I was just amazed at how close the people behind the plate are to the action. You can see their face. You can see their mustache. You can and like you just forget about how close as a spectator you can get to a, to a ball game, especially baseball. You know, you can get down there. If you're, if you're down low, you're sitting, you know, maybe 15, 20 yards from the action. So that part is, is pretty crazy. And also I would agree with you about, you know, the fact that those of us that have been good soldiers, so to speak for the last year or so, like it's time to reward us. It's time to go to the diamonds or Camden yards get a couple big bruisers and, you know, let off a little bit of steam. So I'm, I'm ready, man. I'm hundred percent ready. I'll go to Nats park. I'll go to Oriole park. I'll go to the, to the crumbling structure that is the diamond. I don't care at this point. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely down for some flying squirrels games. That's a great idea. Actually get a nice big beer, go sit in the diamond. I, I could definitely do that. Do you know, um, have you heard anything about Camden Yards? Like, are they going to be 20 to 50 percent? Do you know anything about that yet? I think it's going to be around 25 percent. Of course, with the Orioles, the joke, the running joke is that, you know, they're not getting 25 percent on, on any given night anyway. So what's the big deal? It's a yeah, you make a good point. You make a good point. And yeah, you make a really good point, too, about how close you can get to the field. I remember seeing Joe Carmichael's pictures on Facebook when he went to the Nats game. My man was he was basically sitting on the field at the Nats game uh, this, I think, a couple seasons ago. So, you know, I think that's something with baseball. They're, well, they'll probably block off the first like 20 rows or something like that. And then the fans will have to sit back. But, you know, hopefully by the end of the season. Um, but hopefully by the end of the summer, most most uh, stadiums are maybe at least 50 percent full. That'd be cool to see. That'd be cool to see. It would. It would. Now, there's a story I was reading about today on ESPN about this degenerate gambler named Benjamin Tucker Pats, a.k.a. Parlay Pats sentenced to five years in prison for making threats against Tampa Bay Rays players. Uh, FBI investigators said they found online articles that claimed he had won more than a million dollars right before his arrest by wagering on sports events. So this guy's, you know, calling up and threatening players. I think it was on the Rays, on the Oakland Athletics. I think the Orioles might have been involved as well. <laughs> so, Senny, is this something you can see Kanto the Greek doing? 
Yeah, I mean, this this story is pretty unbelievable. Um, I don't know why it's funnier to me because that it has to do with the Rays. I mean, obviously, a very respectable or you know respectful uh, organization. Just really funny to me that it's the, the of all teams, he's like the main team he's uh, he's messing with are the Rays. But yeah, crazy story. Um, yes, this is Stephen is a couple like uh, like major plunges and naked naked month the stock going down heavily from being this guy i mean um you know i this guy apparently had like a bunch of anonymous twitter accounts that he was harassing players with talking about beheading their families and things like that i'm assuming the article didn't really say i'm assuming he lost some bets apparently based on how they played is that is that is that right yeah i'm thinking that he he lost the bets Maybe a player made an error, they or they struck out in a, in a clutch spot, and that's why he was, you know, he was coming after them. But it's the whole story is ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And yeah, I've I already assumed that my brother has a couple like burner Twitter accounts that he's like harassing Cowboys players with in his free time. You know, sitting on he's probably you know sitting on the couch while Jillian's watching Hamilton or something, and he's giggling to himself as he he. He's tweeting at Dak Prescott under the name, like, I don't know, Kanto the Greek or something. Um, and, you know, he, he, you know, like I said, he, he's already kind of going down this road. So we got to be careful with Steve, you know, kind of make sure he doesn't become the next, you know, parlay pats. Um, but, you know, one of the uh, crazy things about this story is, I don't know if you saw this, the guy's only 24 years old. He's got his whole life. I know, right? Him. Throwing it away right here. So I don't know if it's worth it, Parlay, Pat, if you're listening, if you're listening. I think Pat, you know, par, Parlay Pat's. Pat's. What a great, I mean, that's a great name, by the way. I mean, he's going to spend five years in the slammer. But <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure when he leaves the penitentiary, he'll have, he'll have that name stenciled on his right arm there. Parlay Pat's. Jeez, if he, if he makes it out of there, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, to me, this proliferation of legal online gambling is a sign of the loosening of societal mores across the board. We've come to the realization that morality cannot be legislated. The U.S. government told us that drinking was immoral during prohibition, that same-sex marriage was morally indefensible, and that gambling was a moral scourge outside of Las Vegas and Atlantic City. We talked in weeks past about the gradual untethering of our society, whether that's a positive or negative development, only time will tell. But by legalizing drugs and gambling, the pendulum has swung all the way back from the moral crusades of the 1980s and the 1990s. Most would say it's a good thing that people now have a greater choice as to what drugs they decide to put in their body or what parlay they decide to wager a half of their paycheck on. However, these changes have occurred rapidly. And history tells us that individuals struggled during times of rapid social change. Maybe I'm old school, but, but I prefer having to hike a mile into the woods to smoke a joint and place a wager through a sketchy friend of a friend. The moral code was simpler then. And that was part of the fun. Psycho like saying, let's switch gears here a little bit. And look at some NCAA futures. We got conference tourneys going on right now. We got the big boy tournament cranking up next week. 
I'm currently riding the Florida State Seminoles at plus 210 to win the ACC tournament. They actually got a, a they got a forfeiture win today when Duke bailed out of the tournament. And I'm also on the Aztecs of San Diego State minus 105 to win the Mountain West. So those teams are still alive. The Aztecs had a sketchy win today against Wyoming. They were 15-point favorites and eked out a three-point win against the Wyoming Cowboys. So uh, never a dull moment in in March Madness. So, Sonny, outside of Gonzaga plus 250 or Baylor plus 280 to win it all, any teams you like? Yeah, you know, just a note on that Duke game. I mean, the Duke team and the season ending, you know, pretty crazy. Um, You know, they were making a little bit of a run there. Seems a little coincidental that they pull out right before the FSU game. I think, you know, Coach K probably had a a hankering that they were going to get ran out of the gym. Um, So uh, not surprised by that. But, uh, yeah, I think you're you're, you're sitting pretty there with FSU. Yeah. I'm liking VCU as usual to go far and deep in the tournament this year. Um, you know, anything less than a Final Four trip would probably be a disappoint- disappointment for Bones. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of expectations for them this year. But in all honestly, um, I'm always looking for VCU to go far. I really don't expect that this year. Um, you know, it, honestly, like. It's been hard to keep up with basketball this year with all the, you know, stop and goes of teams. You know, I'm looking at the top 25 right here. And once you get beyond Gonzaga and Baylor, the names don't just the names alone don't inspire me. Like when I see Alabama sitting at six, I'm like, how is that possible? You know, like I don't it's amazing that they're the Alabama Crimson Tide are fielding a top six basketball team, Um, you know. I'm I'm watching, you know, some hoops right now. We've got some text going against UNC in a battle. So I'm loving March. Um, you know, if I scroll down a little bit more in the top 25, you know, Virginia's always going to be a sneaky play come tournament time, I feel like, um, with that defense. You know, they play tight games. So sometimes, you know, every time I watch a UVA game, I feel it's like it's like a one- or two-point game, you know. But when it comes to tournament time, uh, that defense – you know, it can give you a championship or it can give you a first round ouster, you know, because the games are so tight. Um, but I can see them being sneaky this year, Virginia, maybe. Um, and I mean, as long as Texas doesn't go very far, I'll be pretty happy, I think. Yeah, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. I mean, I, I disagree wholeheartedly with you regarding VCU being a Final Four or bust <laughs> team. I think they'll be very lucky to make it out of the first weekend and reach the Sweet 16. I think that would be a huge success for Mike Rhodes and the VCU squad. But you can get VCU at plus 10,000 to win it all. Maybe some some value there. Throw a, throw a few dollars of that naked yep. money at the Rams at plus 10,000. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm mostly joking about the Rams. I mean, they are – I mean, they aren't a great team. I mean, when, when Bones is not going, you know, if he's not going, they they really struggle to score. Um, obviously, what I like about VCU in like a tournament aspect is that I know they, they're up really high up in the nation in uh, forcing turnovers per game. I mean, I think last time I checked, they were like top five. They might even be higher. I mean, you know, top three even. I'm not sure. Um, but when you get – when you put a team like that in the tournament, you just never know what's going to happen. You know, you know, with those type teams, they might, the, the better team does, obviously doesn't always win, you know? So, 
we'll see what happens. Yeah, I like I like the fact that the tournament this year starts really in earnest on Friday and runs through Monday during the first weekend. So it'll be a little different than the Thursday to Sunday traditional setup. But I didn't I didn't I like realize it. that. Like That's it. cool. That's cool. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So let's go to the HG the uh, JGI phone network here. We got the rattlesnake calling in. Rattler, thanks for oh, calling in. Oh, we're doing in. great. How, How are, are you doing there, Mr. Guntar? Hey, you're doing well, doing well, Professor and Psycho Senny, chopping some things up. What do you want? You making some dinner? It sounds like you got ah, some pots just, and pans uh, in the background there. Stuff in the dishwasher, waiting for the laundry to finish. But uh, outside of that, everything's good. Here, you want to talk about my uh, my Seminoles? Love it. The Knowles. yeah. The the uh, I was just telling I was just telling Senny that I have the Knowles at plus two ten to win the ACC tournament. They got a little help today from uh, Duke forfeiting that game. But yeah, they're at plus eighteen hundred to win the NCAA tournament. Is there any value there in the Knowles? Eighteen hundred. Uh, you know, I I think there is a lot of value in there. You know, you throw I, I'd say you throw like fifty bucks there. I mean, it's a it's a definite long shot. Uh, I just, I mean, this year's been kind of so weird with how things have played out. I don't know if you. I mean, it, it's a it's a nice gamble. I mean, fifty fifty bucks for nine hundred. I'm not mad at it. Or even a hundred for eighteen, um, but there's value. But also, if you could bet against them, I'd do that too. <laughs> so, kind of, that's a that's that's your choice. I mean, there's some value, but not as much as you would think. Right, right. I mean, to me, to me, it's crazy that how good they were last year was the year if they were going to do it, and they got screwed over. Of course, like a number of teams did by the can the. Uh, cancelization of the tournament but last year was this their year but they really bounced back this year and you know they are they're they're right there plus 1800 is not that's what i said i mean if you want to take a small little gamble there i mean you also got to go on the heavy favorites uh you know you kind of balance it out with you know if you're going to go for long term i would definitely look into uh, you know ah shit i I couldn't even tell you (laughs) Well, you got Gonzaga at plus 250 and Baylor at plus 280. Senny loves the VCU Rams at plus 10,000. <laughs> that that, oh, yeah. That's a homer, homer play. I like that. <laughs> uh, I, I don't mind that. Now, play. Rattlesnake, JGI, Rattler, JGI has you at minus 130, a favorite at minus 130 to take down Kanto the Greek in the Kanto Rattler shootout scheduled for this spring. Now, is that a fair number, or should you be uh, a heavier favorite favorite. than that? I should be going off at probably, I mean, let's be honest, I probably should be going off at like minus 300. Yeah, I know that's a big throw at old uh, old Kanto, but uh, just got to say, you know, we we already made the stakes, so, you know. Let's put them on the grill. Yeah, we have. We have. The thing that concerns me is that, and maybe you'll start playing a lot in the meantime, but based off of our conversations we've had over the last few weeks, when you don't play a lot, your short game usually isn't great. And if you're going to – I have no, I have no, you know, uh, no question you're going to be able to get off the tee. I just wonder if around the greens, especially on par threes, where Kanto is 110 yards out and you're playing 180, 
how that's going to eh, shape up. It's not going to bother me one bit. I think that that, that bet is, uh, I mean, we already have the, the wager, but yeah, I definitely think that the, the odds should sway a little bit because I'm getting a tournament in this weekend or uh, two weekends from now. And when I get back, I'll give you my scores and uh, we'll go from there. We play from uh, the tips down there in Myrtle. So hopefully the winds will at least trim my scores down a little bit. But definitely is one bet that is, eh, I don't like his odds. Rattlesnake, definitely. Uh, how you doing, by the way? But uh, definitely caught the last episode you were on. And, you know, Steve was throwing around a lot of accusations your way. I mean, this is more than a bet, right? You're almost defending your honor at this point. Oh, yeah. With this. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's like when we played uh, when we would play the old turkey bowl. You know, you got to exactly. defend your honor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no doubt. doubt. No doubt. Uh, it, it is kind of a, a grudge match, a, a, a match of honor. There'll, there's going to be some money involved as well, and I'm, I'm going to be holding that money. But um, let me ask you this, Psycho Senny. <sighs> let's say the odds do move in the meantime to, let's say, minus 200 on the Rattlesnake, and let's say plus 175 on mm-hmm. Little Brother Kanto the Greek. Are you making a wager? Yeah, there, I mean, you know, I haven't seen Steve's golf game in a while, but I, I can't imagine it's it's on point right now. <laughs> um, you know, way too many. I can't imagine he's playing that. Maybe he's playing a lot, but, you know, I also think he's sitting on the couch a lot, drinking a lot of Bel Air smoothies, uh, going to a lot of cheer competitions and practices. And, you know, he's not he's not at Top Golf hacking away. He's not at the range, you know. Work, working night and day like the rattler is um so you know i'm i'm leaning heavily heavily probably towards the rattler right now as, as this is going much appreciated yes i think there's going to be a lot of rattlesnake <laughs> money myself but uh, you know, I'm, so I'm I'm, i've got my own little side prop that, that i want to throw out this brings back the old days in baltimore when uh mr griswold and uh old uh, professor and i went up there uh, a nice little uh, Yankees Orioles game, and uh, mm. we had to make a wager on how many push ups uh, Mr. Professor would do. So I'm going to set the line at he can only do 60 push ups in one sitting over under, and I'm going to set that at even money. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you want my response? <laughs> I mean, right that, now, that's where I'm, gonna, that, that was my <laughs> side bet that I told you I was going to bring up because, I mean, you did get 50. The 60s is kind of, you know, going to push you a little bit. Well, let me ask you this. There may have been some uh, p- performance-enhancing drugs that night as well, so I'm not sure if uh, if that was actually a legitimate competition. But you won. All things considered. You just didn't have a wager. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. I like the number. I think I can bet I mean, what, what do you think, uh, Sandy? Yeah, we'll see. Maybe, maybe that's. Maybe that goes down on the first tee box before oh, Tonto Ooh. Rattler shoot out. Ooh. Ooh. Little, little pre-card. Yeah. Wow. Pre-card. Yeah. The undercard right? comes right in, just cranks him out, and plays right behind us. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to try and swing a golf club uh, after <laughs> push-ups, but. It, it's definitely a worthy bet, though, you know. Yeah. Now, now, Rattlesnake, as a former bookie yourself, <clears throat> What is the largest hole that you've seen a degenerate gambler get themselves Jeez. into? I mean, not through us, but uh, I've seen people get in like 30K holes, 
uh, in a week. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I mean, I've, I know a couple other uh, handlers, if you would, that have uh, had they deal with a very uh, wealthy gentlemen that go in even deeper. But I don't ask numbers, but I definitely have seen 30, 30, 30 K is probably the biggest I've seen. I mean, that to me is about a couple of things. One is one is about just being a bad gambler. Right. And two, having this idea in your head that you know what the fuck you're doing. So not even being able to understand your own ignorance. And so that, that, that whole thing is just perplexing to me. Uh, you know, been through it before. It's just, it's mind boggling that anyone can get, you know, that and that's, the, that's a, that's a great point there. Um, professor, uh, it's, it's something that a lot of people, it, it's very compulsive and it sucks because once you get there, you're like, Oh, I can, you know, I'm just going to lo- load up on Gonzaga tonight and they're minus 22 and they win by 21. Um, yeah, it's just oh, uh, it, it's one of those things where you, you're never going to get even. Like you can start small, maybe win up big. I mean, you remember when we bet on tennis? Uh, <laughs> we bought it. We, we ran it all up on all, all the big uh, favorites, and then Serena shit the bet. So, yes, yes, I do recall. Yes, it was. It was at she the got US beat by Open. some Russian chick. Sounds about right. A Russian yeah, chick. Right. Yeah. We, some up and coming and just Tommy absolutely Russian. blew our fucking wad on that fucking thing. We were up like five k, and we were just rolling it over. Good, hey, good yeah. times, good times though. Now, rather, last question. I know you've probably got a workout to get into or some yoga. <laughs> last question for the road. With can with gambling going mainstream via FanDuel and and other online sites. Is the old school mom and pop new done for? New, new, new. The reason it's not done for is because a lot of people don't want to lay their own money out up front, and you have to pay FanDuel and DraftKings up front in order to have your account. With a mom and pop shop, you can kind of delay that. So the mom and pop shop's never going to end. It's just a matter of you know being able to have credible people which you and I both know that we didn't have credible people before. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good point. I didn't really think about that point, but yeah, you do have to put the money up front. So that may, that may deter some of the, the more extreme degenerates and they're always going to need their fix. And they're always going to have that, that itch there to gamble. Yeah. Right. So that's a good point. Well, you that's gentlemen, you, I'm going to sign off. Um, and you guys, uh, you have a good one. I'll listen to you guys a little later. Have a good night. Rattlesnake, always a pleasure. Always good to catch up with the rattlesnake. We had him on a couple of weeks ago. You know, this this grudge match between Conto the Greek and the and the rattlesnake is getting better and better. Uh, we've already got an undercard with the over under six. I, I like your branding too. The match of honor. You know, we already got a brand name <laughs> for it. You know, we got to get a sponsor involved, maybe. Uh, you, I like that. I like that. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe we get caliber <laughs> home loans involved. Maybe we get, you know, who, who knows? Brandonville Country Ooh, Club. We could make a, like a, a day out of this, maybe. Like a. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out when Conto the Greek can be in Richmond. To, to He's very busy. You have to remember that. 
busy man. Now, I will have our listeners know that the reason that Kanto the Greek is not able to be on the show tonight is that he had a modeling gig with his family somewhere in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Yeah, I, I heard right, that Sandy? today. Would you know, was he modeling himself or was it the kids that were modeling? I think it was uh, himself oh, nude posing for. Uh, a, oh, yeah, uh, I did hear about that. Movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to you got to have your side hustles, you know, so you got to make your money where it's tough times right now. I don't think he's going to get that stimulus check. So he's trying to he's trying to make up for that, I think. So I like it. I like it. I, I hear that he's going to be Mr. June. So look, look, <laughs> look out for the calendar. And uh, in the in June, when school's letting out, there'll be a picture of Contra the oh Greek. And a speedo. I can't wait till June, though. Love it. Love it. Me either. What, what a time to be alive. <laughs> it really is. Every it really day. is. Baseball's in full swing. School is letting out. Yeah, it's nice. Oh, brother. Now, Psycho Senny, let's take a look here at the American League West. The Astros are coming in um, as the favorite at plus 125. Oakland at one plus 155. Oakland, of course, being the team that is the reigning AL West champion. So who do you have? Out yeah, West? I mean, I'd probably, you know, without, you know, watching much spring training yet of, of these teams, you know, just looking at the rosters and kind of like what happened in the offseason, I probably, yeah, I, I, I'm going to give it to the A's. I, I'm sure that the Astros are probably a better team from top to bottom, even though they've lost, you know, some talent. Well, I think biggest, you know, biggest talent will be the loss of George Springer, obviously. And, you know, Justin Verlander being injured. I'm not even sure what the status of Verlander is. He, like, retired? I'm not sure. Um, but I don't know. He's – I mean, I don't know how – the guy, I think, is maybe okay. 37, I want to say. So – but he's been around forever. He's got a lot of a lot of Yeah, miles I, I, don't, I don't even know if he's coming back or not. But that said, like, they, they're still probably a better team. Like, you know, they got Bergman and those guys, which I hate Bergman's face. Um, I, don't, I don't like the Astros, personally. Um, but – I still I'm gonna go with the A's to the chagrin of the Grinnell brothers, uh, just because I, I call it the you know the almost like uh, the Billy Bean factor, right? I mean, there's something special in Oakland that you know they can have one of the lower payrolls. Uh, they can you know they play in a dump of a stadium. I mean, the the toilets are like overflowing. The like just terrible stadium, right? But every year they it's maybe it's not every year, but it seems like it's every year they're contending, right? And I just have that you know, kind of root for them kind of deal. You know, I love that they, they wear the white shoes, you know, and stuff like that. So I, I kind of always pull for Oakland out there. You know, it's a it's a weird division because it's, you know, it's not just them two either. You know, you, you take a look at – I look at one of the saddest things about that division to me is Mike Trout, that his his prime years and one of the best baseball players we've ever seen is just wasting away in Anaheim, you know. Um, you know, and so like, I look for them to be maybe more competitive this year. They were actually playing pretty well last season, um, during the COVID shorted season, but I think they just kind of ran out of time because the season was short. I know Otani, I think, you know, he, I've seen him play some spring training. He looks pretty good for them. I think got your boy Dylan Bundy too, out in, out in Los Angeles, uh, on the angels, you know? Um, and then, yeah, it's crazy. Bun Bundy. Yeah, it's, it's classic Oriole pitchers. They always thrive when they leave Baltimore, and he had a, he had a pretty good year last year with uh, with the Angels. But to your point, 
about the Oakland Athletics. Something about them, mm-hmm. you know, it's always smoke and mirrors. It's always like they fucking put together a team. Um, I, I don't know. Something about the A's are just it's almost it's almost romantic the way that they're able to be there every year. I mean, they won 97 games in 2018, 97 in 2019. They were playing 600 ball in the 60 game season last year. They won the West by a commanding seven games. They've got uh, Mitch Moreland that they signed for about two million dollars, who is a guy who I think fits in well there. They re-signed their closer, Trevor Rosenthal. That's a bullpen that last year was the best in baseball. So, you know, their their starting staff is not going to be nearly as good as Houston or New York in the East. But whatever it is, whatever it is. Oakland yeah, I'm, is I'm, tr- there, I'm trying to find their payroll. I just want to see, like, you know, where they're looking at. Um, it looks like their active payroll is – total payroll is $76 million coming into the season which is pretty low. I mean, that's I, – I would imagine the Astros' payroll is much higher, you know. So, I mean, I know I'm a big Yankee. I'm a Yankee fan, and, you know, I, I, they always have one of the biggest payrolls too. Um, but I, I, I do root for the little guy. I mean, I'm a little guy. I, you know, root for VCU. So I like seeing the, the, the little underdogs kind of give the big guys kind of a run for their money from time to time. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I'm looking here and I'm seeing that number being yeah, it, you said 75 or 76 million. That's 20 22 out of 30. So they're in the bottom bottom third of of uh of the league in in terms of spending. And if you look at the teams that have comparable payrolls, you got Texas, terrible, Detroit, really bad, mm-hmm. Seattle, god awful. So these are teams that are spending a uh, a similar amount of money and are getting no results, but Oakland every, every year, it seems like is there. And yeah, it's something cool about the Oakland athletics. Yeah, I, I mean, I it's a culture. Like it seems like, you know, you go there, you know, kind of what, who's come before you in Oakland, no matter, you know, a lot of those guys are young guys too, trying to make a name for themselves. And, you know, not on like you, you were talking about like Bundy going off and being successful. A lot of those Oakland guys will go off and sign big contracts, you know, from time to time. Um, you know, with the, the Astros, I mean, the Astros could very well win the division. They probably will. I mean, they have, they, they are still loaded even with who they lost. And, you know, I, I don't like the Astros, like I said, and I, I, you know, I think they're cheaters, but I don't think that may, like no one ever, I don't think anyone ever said the Astros cheated. They're bad at baseball. They're still great baseball players. You know, they just didn't do it right. You know, um, so, you know, I still I still think the Strohs still playing with the chip chip on their shoulder this year, because I, I mean, if, they, if you know, if you, like you said, if the stadiums are 20 to 50 percent in most cities, they're still going to get booed. You would imagine pretty, pretty bad when they go from town to town, I would think. No doubt. No doubt, man. Uh, I'm just you know, I'm just excited to have a full season. And there's something about having a full season of games where it's just a grind for six months and the games don't mean as much, but they still mean something. And it's, it's still fun to follow your team every day for that six month period. It's just nothing like it. In, in yeah. I always compare it to, I always say being a hardcore baseball fan, like, you know, you and myself are, um, if you watch your team play like almost every night, it's almost like having like six, five or six Sundays a week. You know, like we get so excited. We get we I mean, during the fall, right, we kind of like work all week to get to that Sunday. 
where it's like, I mean, you know what it's like, get off work and knowing that you've got like a game to watch on a Tuesday night, you know, that's, that's the best feeling ever. Pop a couple of brews, you know, watch a baseball game, you know? So that's, it just makes the summer and yep. the springtime so fun. So it's just so great. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Let's move on here to, uh, to March madness. I'm going to be running a, a March madness. Pool. Yeah. I think I sent mm-hmm. you an invite mm-hmm. earlier today, Seneca. So that being said, hopefully we can get some, some numbers in that pool. There, there's always going to be upsets. Uh, in fact, the average number of upsets in the first round is six. Okay. And when we say upsets, for this, for the sake of this argument, we're talking about a higher seed beating a lower seed. So a 10 beating a seven or a 12 beating a five. So there's always going to be upsets in the first round. Now, it's just a matter of trying to figure out, you know, how to uh, how to go about picking those. So going to provide a little bit of data here. So the 10 seed beats the seven seed about 39 percent of the time. 39% of the time, which that was kind of a startling number to me, followed by the 11 seed beating the six seed. That's a 37.5%. And then the 12 over the five seed, about 35% of the time. So there, there is some data there that suggests that if you're going to pick some upsets, the 10 or 11, 12 is, is the way to do it. Now, Cindy, I'm thinking back to the VCU run a decade ago. They were a first four team, but that popped him in there as an 11 seed, right? Yeah, that, when you started that sentence, seed. I was going to guess it was an 11, which I think is correct. Yes. So they, they were down. So, well, yes. George, and yes. And so when they played, I guess, USC in that first four, they were both 11s. So then, yeah, they popped in as 11 versus six. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that's just something to think about. It's, it's always hard, um, you know, filling out a bracket and, and trying to figure out and trying to figure out, you know, what's what are the upsets are going to occur? Because there's 32 games in the first round. Generally speaking, a fifth of them, you know, 20 percent of them are going to be upsets. And you can really get yourself in some hot water. If you've got a, you know, a five seed going far, or if you've got, um, you know, even like a seven seed that you think is going to go far and they get knocked out by a 10 in the first round, mm-hmm. it destroys the bracket. Yeah, I mean, after. you know, this tournament, it's, it's, I think it's going to be interesting just like the regular season was, right? Because with all these blue bloods now kind of being out of the tournament right away with you got the Duke's not going to be there. Kentucky, I don't think will be there, obviously. Um are we going to see some like maybe some teams that we're not used to kind of being higher ranked? You know, like that's what I was kind of getting at when I was looking at the top 25. I mean, you've got teams like Illinois. I mean, I got Illinois at number three. Are they world beaters? I don't even know. I mean, are they? And I could, I mean, are you, you, I could see some upsets being here just because some of those teams we're used to seeing dominate uh, in the bracket just aren't there. You know, so those I just I feel like maybe even more this year we might see some more upsets than usual. Yeah, that's possible. The Big Ten is far and away the the best conference in basketball this year. You've got Michigan and Illinois are probably going to be one seeds, but you've also got Ohio State. You've got Iowa 
who has the straight monster Luca Garza. Uh, so the Big Ten is deep. Any one of those teams can make a run. So yeah, it's it's, it's going to be cool having. You know, of course, mm-hmm. I'm sure you're loving Duke not being there, but you know, also, you know, Kentucky got beat today in the SEC tournament by Mississippi State. So you got to think they're done. Uh, Michigan State lost today to Maryland, so you got to think that they're probably not going to make it either. So yeah, I mean, it's, the door is wide open in terms of the the what do you being, uh, being out of in your year. professional opinion, Professor? What do you chalk that up to? This th- those guys not showing up this season. Well, I mean, to me, it seems like uh, a lot of the. A lot of the teams like Duke and can or Duke and Kentucky, and uh, to an extent Michigan State, they they always bring in these uh, these these freshmen that stay for a year, stay for two years, then they leave. Well, with with the the pandemic, these guys didn't get a full you know a full off season of training. It's been start and stop, and so for a young team to to create any type of continuity is very hard. Whereas Teams that have been around for a while, like Iowa, is a hev- heavily uh, upperclassman team. Teams like Gonzaga, a lot of upperclassmen. Baylor as well. So you've got teams that it's hard to artificially create that continuity, and just it just happens from being around the same guys for a couple of years in a row. So I think that's part of it. That it's just you know, Coach K sold his soul to the devil a long time ago. Started bringing in these you know, McDonald's all Americans that stay for one year and they leave. And now, yeah, if I, if I actually remember correctly, it was Maggettios or it was Corey Maggetti or Elton brand was like the first Duke player to ever leave like early or something like, I remember back in the day, it was a big deal, you know, because I remember Duke, Duke players did not leave early. Yes. You know? Um, so, you know, times have definitely changed. Um, but you know, you know, if you ask me who would I want to win the whole thing, I'd love to see Gonzaga win it. I'd love to see them finally get it. Yeah, yeah, it's time. Yeah, Mark Few's great coach. He's put his time in. Like it's it's amazing mm-hmm. they have not won at all. Um, A national championship? I don't, I don't believe I don't so. Not in my lifetime, either. obviously. And I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. I will say, in general, the longevity of their dominance you know i know they probably a lot of people would probably like you know hate on the conference they play in and say it's a lesser conference but still the longevity of their dominance since i've been like a you know a college basketball fan has been so impressive especially at you know similar to duke a smaller private school you know out in the middle of nowhere i assume no doubt yeah spokane washington well, good deal, Psycho Senny. Appreciate you coming on the show. We'll chop it up again here soon. Uh, maybe get up and have a couple bruisers, watch some baseball. But I appreciate you coming on, and, and we'll see you soon. Folks, we'll see you next week with another episode of Bang the Book. Until then, so long, friends. Thank you.